Hey, everybody. It's a good life, Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans with Spencer. Hey folks, welcome back. It's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. It's another Just Us Chickens episode, except we added Spencer. He's back. And uh, so you heard on the queue there, Spencer's responsible for the music cues. And before the podcast began, I just want to say that Spencer said something interesting. He said, I'm a flower man. I like the earth. He did say that. Explain what you meant by that. I didn't say I like the earth. I just meant I'm a you flower s- man. I was like, no, you, you said I like the earth. I asked him if he has the vape. You no, said I those- said the herb. Oh, I thought you said the earth. No, I'm a flower man, and I'm not like into the oils or you know the waxes and all that as far as getting high for weed. I prefer just to you know grind up some bud and put it in a bowl or a you're joint. Gotcha. Okay. I'm, I'm a all flower right, man. Right. You're a flower man. Herb. I'm an oil man. Gotcha. Okay. Not right. earth. I thought I heard you know, earth. Fuck the earth. Like it's gonna be dead in like 200 Spencer, years. Spencer, how you doing, buddy? Happening. Yeah, what's been going on, man? I've uh, been working a lot, starting a second job uh, this week over at uh, Lula Distillery on St. Charles. So, Long, flowing hair coming from Spencer these days. It looks it looks pretty on point. I've been on a hot streak with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have been? Tell yeah. us about it. The ladies have been digging it? Well, I'm not going to go into details about it. but Why, like, fucking, why not? This is a podcast. Not That's even in detail, but just do. like a... Like it's been like situation. four girls in the past month. Like have been doing wow. well. Damn, Spencer. Moment of silence for this guy. Knocking, knocking. <laughs> Joel feeling old. Feeling old, baby. Feeling old. Feeling yeah, old. yeah. Yep. yep. Hey, it's you, a thing. I'm, I used to. Have I'm hair. in my twenties. I'm yeah. looking good. I'm feeling good. It's no, New Orleans. Are. Why not? You are. You're looking good. Got your Jameson T-shirt on. <laughs> like what's a bigger but was that like an old guy to the young guy yeah. put down <laughs> no, was that what that was either. what's a bigger butt skill like I was thinking earlier today like when you pan astrology people just hate you no. what like there's two things that no I only know like five God, people who are shit. like into like, astrology I think astrology stupid it of is. course it's stupid but when you tell people it's like a butt skill the other thing is dogs being smart like those two things, if you like. Are you saying like, dogs aren't smart? Dogs are just dogs. They're not necessarily super smart. Well, there's varying degrees of intelligence um, in the canine community. And that's how astrology is, too. No, there's varying <laughs> degrees of intelligence. For instance, Weimaraners are really dumb. You're just fucking stupid. Well, I'm glad we're all in agreement on that. Where were you going with that, Joel? Just the things that are a buzzkill at a party. Like at, oh, if, if you're, you're in a social opposition, situation, if you're in opposition, if you're in opposition to astrology, astrology dogs, no, like you dogs can't. Intelligence, no, you can't be in opposition to the dog, because then you're never getting laid. No, you get you can't be in opposition to fucking astrology at a party. How many girls are into cats, Joel? You can get laid with people who aren't into dogs. All right, God, I hate astrology. I hate it's worse it. than cat people. I, it, you're probably you're right, Joel. But also, with the cat people, be worried about ringworm. I'm just saying, like, what are the things you can bring up in a social situation that will, like, just bust I agree with you that, that, that... Out of 
because because I don't care about those rules that I probably didn't get laid a bunch of times. That's right. Because I was what like, I was like, I scoffed at and was snarky towards somebody's you were like, beliefs you're, in you're, astrology. You're, you're breaking down humanity in twelve categories. It's in the snarky way. It's just the dumbest thing. I know. Most I mean, of the girls who are into astrology are going to sleep with you anyway. That's right. That's what I'm saying. See, that's the problem. That's the right? problem. Yeah, that's it's it. Jeff and I were the assholes who took them out, took themselves out of play and colloidus. Um, coitus. Coitus interrupt us. Interrupt us. Um, by saying that they you cock blocked dogs yourself. who were smart. Yeah. We cock blocked ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I like, agree. Yeah, what's another one? Well, what's I like dogs, so I don't. I don't have to lie animal? about that. Oh, I'll tell you another one too, man. Is the refusal of weed? If I'm, uh, yeah, or any drug. If you're amongst, like, yeah, it makes me real skeptical of Jeff right now. I know. He's probably. Like, uh, I've been in that situation he's so many times. Probably a narc. That's what people think. Has. Can I can I ask you as a is that hair real, Jeff? Is, is, <laughs> as a representative of the millennials, yes. By the is, can you tell me have has your generation gotten over this stigma that I had to deal with in my life, where I'm like the entire time I'm indulging my alcoholic frenzies, and uh, people are still scoffing at me and regarding me with suspicion and and scorn. Because I never liked weed. I hate weed, as a matter of fact, as a drug. It's not fun to me. But that's my own particular Yeah, no, I know makeup. people who aren't into it either. Right, exactly. But has your generation, as so many people have hailed your generation, as getting past so many things that uh, generations prior have been hung up on? Have they gotten over this? Do you have stigmatized friends at drug parties who refuse to do drugs? No. Still to this day, Spencer. Those friends look like they don't do drugs, whereas you, Jeff, look like you should just hit this bowl or maybe you're a cop. And that's it. See? <laughs> you look like you should be hitting I'm, it. I'm, yeah, the guy from... And if from, you're not, it's like, dude, what's, what's going the, on I'm here? the guy from Blow. Right, exactly. There you go. It's the, the long hair. No, the like whole most thing. of my friends who don't partake, like I can look at them and be like, yeah, no, not even going to offer it to him. Fuck that. You, like, I just offered it to you. And you're like, <laughs> I've known you for a year, and you've always refused. And I still offer it to you every time, thinking, like, well, he looks like a guy who... Dude, everyone does that to You me. look like a guy who... They always do that to me. They're like, yo, here, here. And I'm like, no, nah. So that might not have been the answer you wanted, but it's the correct answer. Yeah, I think it is the correct answer. Yeah, okay. So maybe, you know, my case is a little bit... Uh, a little Cut bit your hair if you don't you know? want to smoke weed, dude. Yeah, but it would still wouldn't matter because I play music, you know? So as long as you play music, everyone assumes... But if you play music, you have to smoke weed. Every, no, no, you don't. You can be a, you can be a fucking drunk. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, you can be a drunk. Or cocaine or whatever. Yeah, yeah but usually, do mushrooms, like, I mean, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, you can do the all kinds of stuff. The song with champagne and reefer, yeah. not just please, champagne. Please, please, let yeah. us not, you let us not boil fun. down... All right, musicianship. Right, writers to are more thoughtful than uh, one drug than, than musicians. Like when I saw that movie with uh, Jason, uh, what's his name? With uh, oh, the movie about the guy Dave, uh, Thomas Wallet, the uh, the really good book. Blow. No. Blow. No. <laughs> Fear and Loathing. No. Narc. Uh, but closer. Um, the, so it didn't have Johnny Depp. The book with but Jason, somebody, right? Jason Siegel played the role of David 
Thomas Wallace or whatever. I don't even know what you're that. talking about, Look, man. You guys don't basketball diaries? No, this is like a real basketball th- wives. No. <laughs> You guys talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. I actually did take you Spencer did up like on that, that show, uh, huh? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I took no. I already took, said that. Damn it! I took Spencer up on the um, the flowerly weed, and therefore. Oh, now he's blaming it on me that yes. he's hosting duties are falling short. What? 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 We just named hey. a host of all of the biggest drug movies ever. This isn't a drug movie. It's a. I told. I told you you wrote a book. He oh. wrote a book. I thought it was, it was made into a, a movie. Book, Jeff. What what good is it if it's been uh, made into it was a movie? Published. It was a, a published book. I have a question, Spencer. What have you been up to, man? Uh, Jeez, just a lot of work. Switching topics, man. You already asked that of him you earlier. Did. Like, no, I've, it was like the third it. time. I haven't had a day off in like. A, he told me I'm getting laid. Dude's working all the time. He's working. Just because I'm not working at work, don't mean I am working. Putting work in somewhere. All right, let me ask you something, man. Are you working on your comedy? I've been writing. I haven't really gotten to go up much, but I have been writing a lot of new jokes. I got about no, no, ten no. minutes. You can't say I haven't gotten to go up much. You mean you sure. haven't? I haven't gone up much. You haven't gone up much. David right. Foster. Exactly. Was. Okay. Thank you. Then uh, yeah. I've also been focusing more on my screenplay. Interesting that you like a book by somebody named Dave Foster. I got about ten minutes, two ten new minutes worth of stand-up material, and then I've been working more on my uh, more on my screenplay for a while. Okay, okay, good, good. Well, that's good. That's good. I I feel like I feel like I have to monitor this. I want to see your comedy life. Explode in success, man. That's what. That's, oh, that would be cool. That's I know, but the only way to do that is you got to get in there. You got to be hanging out with where the, where you know, even in this town, where the 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 big dogs are. And I don't know where that is. What's a, Lost what, Love what, Lounge on what, Tuesday nights? The big dogs. What's the uh, screenplay about? Oh, we've we've talked about this on the pod before. The. Uh, I'm gonna run for city council again. So I mean, we talk about shit. Okay, you're right. We do really rehash. Wait, have you changed your mind? Are you running now? Everything on this show is a rehash. <laughs> it's a rehash. I know uh, it's the uh, 1904 St. Louis uh, Olympic uh, marathon, and it was just yes. the biggest clusterfuck ever in Olympic history. The first time people from Africa got to go in the race, and the two African racers got chased off the track by dogs. Um, there's a Cuban guy who stopped and was like stealing fruit off of uh, baskets and stuff, and then like passed out and took a siesta and still managed to get fourth place. Sweet. <laughs> the guy who originally they God handed the gold damn. medal to—that's the kind of sports rode, I want to be a fan of. Well, the guy that they originally gave the gold medal to rode in a cab for like 20 miles. And then, like, just popped out in front of the stadium and ran in. It was like, Dude. hey, I, I, I'm yes. here. Yes, yes. And then uh, the next guy who came in, they were giving, you know, uh, rat poison and uh, egg whites and shit, too. And we're like, hey, keep... Y- 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 we know you're not actually crossing the line on your own accord. Your trainers <laughs> are carrying you, but your legs are still uh, struggling Moving. back and forth. So we're going to give you the gold. Wow. And so, uh, yeah. How far it's into the a huge uh, clusterfuck. 
Right now, I'm still uh, working on the... I'm breaking it down more into two halves than a three-act thing. So I'm doing a first act is everyone getting to the Olympics, while the second act is going to be, you know, mainly the marathon. Do you have an outline, like, climax, to, to pitch somebody? falls off after that i can make one very easily with the, how i have everything set up like it's all been in my head i haven't written you know an outline out but i know everything in my head as it it's playing out like a robert altman movie well i've been Ooh. i've been researching this it thing is. for five years now like no, that's I've, a really good movie i'm like yeah no it. one knows this race better than i do I i'm don't into think, it at this point no no one cares about this race no you? it was 112 years no, it was 114 great. years ago no i mean i'm so into this I dig it. I, a whole, my if there's anybody out there who's interested in bankrolling Spencer's film. Oh, please. My movie script that I've been working on is a volunteer night with an exclamation point. But it's like in the Me Too moment, it doesn't work. You know, which... Oh, it's like coming out with Revenge of the Nerds or Porky's right now. No, it's like Wedding Crashers, but you volunteer <laughs> to get laid. Right, right. So you're volunteering in various things. And so I've got like 98% of a script done that can never be made and it ends up in Africa and stuff it's really and there's a gay moment it's like really bad it's really unfortunate did I tell you my idea it's funny I don't even I don't know it's such a million dollar winning idea (laughs) that I'm not sure that I want to go there alright alright I'm going to say it okay (laughs) it's uh, it's there's a super Trump supporter right and this like secret syndicate uh, kidnaps him because they have this sexual fetish about like super right wing Americans and uh, they chop his genitals off and, cha- and change him into a woman right? yeah the transgender film right and they and they rape him repeatedly yep right but uh, he has doesn't have any gender identity uh, it, uh, conflict but the only place that he can find comfort and solace in life after this because he appears as a as a as a transgender person is is within the community, and that's that's my idea for the film. When's the okay? When's the second act start? Like, what's the second act? Uh, well, he escapes and then he has to reintegrate back into life. How about I pitch you on a series? That's a better series, I think. But hear me out on no, this. No, I don't think it is. Think I it's think it's just a movie. Instead yeah. of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we have a transgender werewolf slayer. And then whenever the werewolf is like, you don't understand, my body's making me do this, my mind wasn't on it, and then they'll be like, oh, I do understand. I, I see what you're saying, and I appreciate the fact that... Uh, <laughs> This idea that I've come up with, because it does have a sci-fi kind of element to it, would be we ripe, need to get Joss would be ripe this. would be ripe for camp. But I don't intend it that way. What I intend is for it to be a, a serious film. I don't know why that has an element. This is not a joke. <laughs> that has an element. What happens is that this person has to come to accept a greater totality of humanity in order to progress with his own life, or else he has nowhere to go. As does the wolf slayer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> to every generation there is born. <laughs> was the wolf slayer the one that was carried into the Olympic Stadium? 
Oh no, uh, no, no! That, these are two different stories. <laughs> we can't, we can't. So what I think your movie needs is a werewolf. Well, no, this is all factually <laughs> correct. In, crossover. in Olympic Stadium. No, no, this is all factually correct. What I'm going for. This is all historically documented. Well, so are werewolves. What are you talking about? I mean, I'm sure there are, but we're going to create a fictional... Don't say that werewolves hunter. aren't real, or else you're going to rain on the party. Um, I'm working on this little that bit. That was a callback, by This the little way. bit. 1968, there it. were these three people of color who raised their hand in Mexico City, <laughs> and they were attacked by vampires. And that's the script that I'm working on right now. They raised their hands in Mexico City? Oh, yeah, the Olympics. Oh, yeah, right, right. And they were attacked by vampires. <laughs> they were attacked by vampires. <laughs> and that's the script I'm working And that's on. what happened? That's what, that's what I'm working on. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Spencer is unimpressed. I think he could do a little better characterization than that. Well, it's an iconic moment in history. At the moment that it happens, they're attacked by that vampires. The, from, everyone remembers when those guys <laughs> got attacked by vampires. Yeah, yeah. You remember that? We didn't have Twitter then. Oh, man. That was bigger <laughs> than the shuttle <laughs> explosion. Look, rest. let me tell you something, Joel. I know the guy that wrote Sharknado. Okay, uh, I can put you in touch with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, the final That's... Sharknado airs tonight, everybody. Sci-fi Holy channel. Holy shit. Thunder. We should actually be watching. We Shout should have out. it on now. Shout out to Thunder Levin, by the way. And Tara Reid. Go, girl. Yeah. Get a new career going. Thunder Levin's the guy that owns it. That's it. It's his franchise. He owns Tara Reid? He owns Sharknado. Essentially. That's his name. Thunder Levin. Look it up. It's a great name. It is a good name. It's a great name. Okay. So... I'm going to segue out of this Good because name, I can babe. feel the energy going out of the room. I'm looking at Joel's face right now, and I can see it's like it's going down. So, all right, what <laughs> what's going on with the Saints, man? We're about football season's about to start. Here's my thoughts on the Saints. All right, so uh... here's my thoughts: the Saints <laughs> have a shot to go to the Super Bowl, and they. The defense is eh, looking, you know, okay. hot take. Hot take. They're looking okay. They no. definitely, they definitely have a shot. Best secondary. They can make a run. They can make a run. Absolutely, they can look good. They can make a run. They're gonna have to go through Philadelphia. They're gonna have to go through uh, Minnesota. The NFC East. Yeah, and and it looks it looks kind of similar NFC to East looks kind of similar to last year. I mean, obviously, it depends on injuries. It's always the same thing. But I'll just say this, that uh, I am beginning, I have paid attention less to Saints this year than I ever have in the last, and forever. Even after they came off last year. Yeah, I don't, I, I just feel like this, that I am so soured on this league because of this guy, Roger Goodell, and because of the owner's and their horrific behavior. Not one owner will say to the President of the United States, shut the fuck up. Our players can do what the fuck they want to do. A couple of them have said things along those lines. That, Who? That, uh, the Niners. Niners owner. Yes. And the Raiders. And 
Not the Raiders. No, no, that guy's an idiot. No, it was Uh, somewhere West Coast. Like, where's uh, your Steve Kerr? Where's your Greg Popovich in the NFL? This is the NBA, though, not the NFL. I think it was the Ravens owner. Maybe that wasn't the Ravens. I forget who it was, but there was one owner who. No, I'm saying like, where's your equivalent in the NFL of your NBA guys? You're saying it's easier to protest because it's a No, I'm saying there are no equivalent to the NBA guys in the NFL as far as owners Right, go. exactly. Where are they? Why isn't one owner coming forward and saying because our players can do whatever we want? These guys like practically are plantation owners. Like they they came from the same stock. They're that old money. True. No, I agree. It's not like the NBA where like, oh wait, we have Mark Cuban and you know, Steve Bensming or whatever in there. You yeah, know. I'm asking a question that I already know the answer to. I no, actually, the the own, the newer owners are are are. There's only there's like one or two that are like kind of newer owners, but even even some of the quote unquote we'll see newer what ones happens are horrible. With the, the Panthers have new ownership after everything that came out with the last owner. Yeah, so that could be a positive step. Seeing what happens with that. And I guess I mean if it's if they reached outside of that region. <laughs> to find somebody, Hardest. you know. That's very I mean, true too. I mean, I mean other than Michael Jordan, which Michael Jordan is still not the best ambassador. Of- no, no, I, I forget who it was, but there was one. There was one owner who was like, "We're not doing any of that." I think it was San Francisco, or it was Sandy. I want to say San Diego, but it's L.A. now, and they're like, "We're not doing any of that stuff." We're, we're, our uh, Seattle is what. Like yeah, our, players, it was West Coast. It was our players, our players, yeah, yeah, it's Seattle, San Fran- Seattle, yeah. Yeah, it's like our players are going out and they're going to do what they do, Paul, and and if yeah. they do that, uh, no one is going to get in trouble for it here. And so, whoever doesn't uh, like that can suck it, you know, essentially. But that is not the that's a minority opinion in in the NFL. I'm just I'm so tired of it, man. I really am. I'm I'm, I'm it has nothing to do with like. The game or anything like that. I like that. Well, I don't no, like that's my point. That is it has get... nothing to do with the game, so I can kind of look past it and then just watch the game after the anthem. It doesn't. I know, but now, now that all. there's other things too that are like, look, I know, I know, <laughs> this is a weird thing to say. I don't want people to have head injuries, but at the same time, just watching preseason the other day, they made this rule in off season where they're like, you can't lower your head. Like, nobody can lower their head, offensive yeah, no, or helmet. defensive. The new, uh, well, it's for right. any um, defenseless player. Right. But so it's mainly for receivers or if a, uh interception happens or, you know, people but they, catching But, but punch point still. being is that, like, they're, they're like, <laughs> the, the, the rules have become so restrictive and, and weird that no one knows how to play the game anymore. And so... On almost every play, I'm. I don't know. I think that's a bit, bit drastic. No, I don't think that is. I think that the almost. I think it's going to drive players crazy, on, fans crazy, refs yes. crazy. It's already driving crazy. Me. Yeah, everyone. <coughs> they were all. They were already. <coughs> Smoke some weed, folks. And it's flowery. And it's it wasn't amazing. mine. <coughs> it's flowery. Flowery. And therefore, weed. it makes yeah. me cough. But I just want to say, look, on day one, man, the very first Sunday. Everyone's going to go nuts about these new rules. Everyone. The players, the refs, the PR Joel, people. Joel, even last year, I'm telling you, if you have a, I have no problem with you new rules a, that help player safety. I don't. If you have a company man like, Chris, like a Chris Collinsworth, who is the ultimate company man, 
who is beside himself with inability in the broadcast booth to understand what's going on with the game that he's tasked with understanding. Right. Because... Because His job is to explain to the audience <laughs> the game. what is happening right, exactly. on the field. Right. And, and he, he can't. can't. He can't do it. Well, why can't he do it? Because, because there's so the much ambiguity are in the so rules. Ambiguous. That they're, they're, they're wildly inconsistent in application. And so, Where a head starts and a shoulder ends. You can't and, and lower so you try to, the defenseless. No, but it's shoulders. It. Are you kidding me? It's Look, football is done. Thank God we have Drew Brees. And, uh, I have yeah. no problem with them making <laughs> rules to make it safer for the people to play. I have no problem with that. I think it's what we need if we want to keep it as close to what it is as possible. you understand the sport can't exist and be safe? No, it can't. The sport cannot exist and be safe at the same time. Well, it can, but it a can. drastically different that's version. flag football. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. We're making those changes now so they're not as drastic in the future when we go to, you know. Flag football. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but that's look, where it's going. The great thing, though, and yeah. I, I, I so like, let's I, keep people tackling and beating the shit out of each other just as long as we can, because it's really fucking fun to watch. It it is. It's so fun to watch. I'm in I mean, I, I I'm can't. In I can't. I I don't want to. I don't want to see people get hurt. No, Me either. But no. Like, but I mean, Joel. I think I think we that can Spencer says something very true. And keep them playing. I can't deny you know, and paying them a bunch of fucking money for it, and they're willing to do it on a non-guaranteed contract. I know, but you go on about the, the non-guaranteed contract. I know that a lot of people. Todd Gurley just got forty mil guaranteed. I know, but that's only if you write it in. You, that, no, that, he has forty million dollars. No, on his you're not seventy a, million dollar not, contract guarantee. That's huge for a running back. You're not back. understanding. What that I'm, has changed the running back market. You, you're not understanding what Joel's saying. They don't have to have guaranteed contracts in no. the players' association in the NBA. Every contract it's has to be guaranteed. Yeah. Well, that comes from the union bargaining. They, the NFL needs a stronger union. So, what do you guys think about uh, Saint Stations? Not oh, listen, man! I want to get that guy on the podcast, man. Okay, we have a uh, we what what? Why are you making that face, Spencer? Spencer did not like the track that I took. There is a male. There is a male dancer. I don't know what's going on. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like I have no idea what's oh. going. It's a confused oh. look. Of, okay. Why are we talking about the same stage? Because they haven't. There's a guy that dances for the same stage. Okay. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Well, a lot of people care. I why? Think that, because it's a fucking dude that's it's a first dancing. Because it's There's a first. Dudes who cheerlead at LSU all the time. Yeah, but not those, like this. Those fans. No, are, those are cheerleaders, man. That's different than a dance crew. Yeah, he's a dancer. He's a dancer. Dance crews are different than cheerleaders. To me, football is always cheerleaders. Dance crews are for basketball and you know the arena sports. Football, it's all cheerleaders. Well, Why? You, because what, what, it's called the, the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, not the Dallas Cowboy Dancers. Yeah, well, you try to go get on the team by saying, like, I'm a cheerleader and not a dancer. It's not going to happen. Anyway, look, that doesn't matter. We're it arguing semantics. It's retarded. This, there's a guy who... People can... Dudes can cheerlead their way up through the right, collegiate right. level. I'm Why not going to talk about it. It's not the same. There's a dude. What are you talking... It's not a dude with... Polyester pants on and a shirt tucked in. What is he wearing? Booty shorts and a fucking brassiere. 
I no. Why would you say that? That's such a weird stereotype. Well, what, like, if he's not wearing the traditional cheerleading uniform for males, then what else is he wearing? He's dancing with the girls. Okay, there. yeah. So do the cheerleaders that. No, they got some kind of outfit for him. You know, that's like it's not a. He's not like lifting the girls up and doing twirls with them, and you know, and like that. He's doing the same moves yeah. as the cheerleaders are oh. doing. Oh, now right. they do that. He's a the... regular part. It, is he look, good though? No, he, listen. Okay, is hold he on. Good though. To your point, let me just make it clear. It would be as if he was one of the people that the dudes you're talking about is lifting above his head and twirling around. Like that's that's what this guy is doing, and the Saints have have that person on their squad. The now. Saints stations have a male Saints station. Bam. Um, is it a joke or is it like no, or is no. he a joke? dancer? What's it's a dancer, dude. It's like he's a sensation. It's, it's a, a guy. sensation. He's like fucking uh, what's his name on SNL? Will Ferrell. So he is like a male cheerleader, like I was just saying. No, not like no. I'm thinking more like Justin Timberlake. He just dances. He has got moves. Boy, oh boy, man. This yeah, is I smoked really. weed. I smoked weed on the podcast. Look, he's just a guy who's a sensation. That's it. Okay. Yeah. He does all the other moves that the that the girls do. If he like, he's just a guy. And we want to get him on the podcast. Or? What's that? Is he like, was he like six ten stoppers? What's what's going on with him? No, no, he's like a for real dancer. He's a, you know, he. So he's good. Yeah, he's good. Okay, he's well, good. Yeah, let's get him on the pod. That's what, what that's what I want to do. That's what yeah. I've been saying. What is going on here? I don't understand. We get a long snapper on. But my point is this: is that the Saints, the Saints. <laughs> In there, in there. No, I want the long snapper on. Yeah, definitely. My point is this: is that the Saints, in their long-standing tradition of being the coolest team in the NFL, that's right. They just uh, fucking open, ground. broke ground. Great ground. Boom. We got a dude. Cool ass shit on the Saints station. Right. Exactly. We had the coolest ass parade when we won. That's right. We cool. We got the dude who's like out there dancing. And we got Tom, we got Tom Benson on the uniforms this year. They get the yeah, Tom with the Benson umbrella. Those uniform. are actually yeah, 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 exactly. Or, yeah, parasol, not exactly. Parasol, right? That's right. And also, we paid some defensive players to kill fucking Brett Favre and Kurt Warner. We did that and retire them. We did you that. Know? Yeah, fuck them. You know, we won that. Yeah, we won that year. And now we have the best secondary in the league. I'm joking. We actually didn't do that. We didn't do any bounty aid shit. No. That's bullshit. So, how would y'all feel about like a remote pod for the Ella, or for the uh, Cowboys Saints game? Whoa! Uh, wait, meaning that you would be? Oh, wait, is it is it a road game? Oh, it's in, in Dallas. Dallas. So you would be in Dallas. Oh, so we would we go would there. Go to Dallas. We go to Dallas. It's the we. It's the Thursday after Thanksgiving. I'm up for it. Thursday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Not on Thanksgiving. No, no. The week after, but it's a Thursday night game. All right. I would you, love to do that. I, I'd be down with that a thousand percent. Was there a nice? Like, I want to. I want to tell you Quinta something. hotel room or something we can set. I <laughs> like Quinta. I, I, there's definitely plenty of hotel rooms around Dallas that <laughs> that will be. Yeah, yeah, doesn't your mom have like a you know a fold out sofa that we can sleep on or something? Well, I'm Guest probably going to take that. But <laughs> does your mom have any? <laughs> Look, there's a significant age difference between you and I, Spencer. Does your mom have any friends who might want to? Oh, man? no, 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 no. Um, there's still an age gap between you and my mother. Really? And her know. church friends are probably, yeah. She doesn't have any swinging friends. No, her church friends. The only friends she has. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of diddling. All right, all right. Hold on. 
I'm going to double down on our conversation that we had the other night, Spencer. Look, man. <laughs> your your guy, Dak Prescott, has two years max to start putting up 4,000 yards plus yardage in the NFL. He doesn't have to put up 4,000 Yes, plus. he does. Not when we are relying on Ezekiel Elliott in a run game. Why wouldn't we're rushing for, you know, almost 2,000 yards a season? Do we need our quarterback to throw 4,000 yards? Let me tell you yards? something. Your guy. We need him to Ezekiel not throw Elliott. picks. That's Ezekiel. the thing. If he can not throw picks and he can no. make the deep You're ball wrong. happen and I'm make gonna tell it you from why. all three levels, I'm gonna tell you that's why. all we need. Here's why. Here's why. In a nutshell. Okay? And I hope you can be objective about this because mm-hmm. I know you're a super fan. Here's the thing. The feature back system in the NFL is antiquated and it's over with. The Dallas Cowboys have rushed Ezekiel Elliott, and you might note that what how, he was suspended. How many games was he suspended? Six games. Wait, wait, wait. Last year? What makes us decide that it's antiquated and over with? Because there aren't any feature backs facts. really anymore. Todd Gurley didn't just get a forty million dollar guarantee contract care. on top of seventy million. I don't care. I don't care. Let me tell you something. You guys. No, no, no. I think there wasn't any really good backs for about three to four years coming into the NFL. <laughs> the Arizona guy, you're going to say. The Arizona guy. David Johnson. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Let me uh, tell Todd you Gurley, good. Um, uh, Steelers, Le'on, Le'Veon Bell. Totally. Really good. He's yeah, a franchise Le'Ve- back. Le'Veon Bell now, runs until an this group of guys the- came oh in. God. Here we go. I'm going to run there over. There wasn't anyone until right AP. Now. I'm going to run over There wasn't right anyone now. until AP for that you, whole time period, really. Le'Veon Bell runs behind people patiently and busts out, and that's why he's had a long career. The Dallas Cowboys have Le'Veon rushed. Bell's only played for four years. Well, good for him. Four years that's is... That's not a long career. Yes, it is. As a running well. back, that's yeah. almost over. As a, as a star running back? Yes. That's almost over. This is. It's yeah. Over. You got eight years, tops. And here's the thing. Ezekiel Elliott has yeah, been so rushed he should be in his prime five hundred and thirty-three times by the Dallas Cowboys already in his short two years, five hundred thirty-three. I would bank that as the most that any running back has been rushed in the NFL since I don't even know the guy that ran because for, the quarterback's uh, not very good for because the quarterback isn't that good. And that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying, man, they because run that so motherfucker far, to death. He hasn't been able to. Dak Prescott. Had, they threw had, more through Dak Prescott when they did, and he had less yards. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm saying. And more interceptions. He had less yards than his rookie year, and more interceptions. So we didn't want to go there, pals, the other night because I didn't want to throw down on this, but I do now. And I'm just saying this. Oh, and I, and I, I'll, I'll say this: if you look at Drew Brees' career early on, that he had some fucked up San Diego shit. In his first two years, a dink and dunk. where a, a little bit of dink and dunk and not super big yards either. So I'm just saying, your guy needs—he's got two years to make his bones in the NFL before he's done, and they're gonna fire him if he doesn't freaking make it happen because that's what Jerry does, and they're gonna run that guy. You should be concerned about this. 533 rushing. You know how many times we rushed Alvin Kamara in the Saints last year? Yeah, but y'all have Mark Ingram too. And th- that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying the feature back thing is done. We have 130 rushes on Alvin Kamara as a rookie. All right, but also let's add into the fact, how many yards does he have rushing before contact? Because if the contact comes 
past the line. He's only getting, you know, tossed up here and there. That's not the same as the guy who's getting beat up know, at the line. But, we have a Spen- great O-line that Spence, he's behind. you got to listen to me when also, I'm saying this. How much, how much should we point. run Emmett Smith make, every year, year after point. year? It's, it's Emmett Smith. Oh, you mean when the rules were you can take a guy out with your helmet. Just take him out. Dude. When you could hit the shit out of a guy and they could come back in with a concussion. I'm sorry, do you think that Emmett Smith, and like how many years did he play? I think 10 maybe? Uh, it was 14. 14 years. Do you think in his last five years that he was super fucking great in the last five years of his career? Um, no, but two of those years he still did have over a thousand yards in those seasons. Well, that's pretty fucking good. Good for him. I, you know, you but, get the, you get these guys like that. There's not really been anybody like that that's been other than uh, what's his name from Minnesota that's come along. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe and then maybe also uh, Rams. From New Falk. Orleans, Falk. Uh, you've had a couple of running backs like that. I'm just saying, it's just not. And and this is what I got. This is this is my point. Yeah, I would I would not I would I would ask back. you this. Like I would look at his years and I would look at how many touches they gave him because Troy Aikman was a far sight better fucking quarterback than Dak Prescott is right now. And 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 if you I'd look say at they have to do pretty much the same thing. They're both game managers. No, no, Troy, no. Could actually Troy Aikman throw could throw the ball downfield. Yeah, I can man. throw the ball downfield. No, he can't. Oh yeah, that's why they got rid of Des Bryant. Man, he can't put it in his hands. Like Randy Moss would get one reception a year with Dak as yeah. quarterback. Yeah, Dak has because some stuff Dak to work. Oh, did y'all see how Dak much Des has stepped off? Because Dak can't throw the long ball. Then why was the first throw he had out of three in the preseason for a thirty-yard touchdown? Can I tell you something? His two longest to a rookie. His two longest throws that he's had in his career so far are screen passes to Ezekiel Elliott. That's it. So okay, but yeah, one was sixty something yards and one was eighty something. I know, yards. but that's Ezekiel. That's Elliott Ezekiel Elliott's talent. Yeah, an ad- I know. Okay, well you can't blame a guy that his. Two longest passes are eighty yards and six I yards know, because but a guy like you depending on the field. back of the Saints. I, I just, a guy like Drew Brees. Can I don't do think both. my point is cutting. Through. Drew Brees understands how to give a guy on a five-yard out pass room to fucking make that seventy-yard touchdown. Okay, well, apparently that. so did Dak because that's why Zeke but, did it. But Drew also can throw seventy yards. That's right. You yeah. don't need to throw 70 yards. I think yards, you can throw 60, 60. It's nice to man. do both. You don't yeah. need to, though. It's nice to do both. The average... I looked at the... The oh, average was, long touchdown sorry, pass in, in the between, NFL... Everything. I looked, I looked is 42 the, yards. You don't have to throw it 60, the, 70 I yards. At the, I looked at the Drew Brees 70-yard-plus uh, touchdown YouTube video the other day, and he did it in all minds and manners. Like, he fucking threw 60 yards. He threw 10 yards. And there were about... 30 examples of how to score over 70 yards on a pass play. Because Drew look, Brees is masterful. Let's just do the yeah, math. Yeah, he is. I'm sorry. Let's just do the math. But how long okay. have you been playing in the NFL and at quarterback? And at an elite level. Years. A long time. Yeah. We're Hold. talking about a third-year player here that you're I know. I know. But, but you were very enthusiastic about your I'm team. Very enthu- because we look good. And we look I, very good. I know, but I, I don't know where that's coming from. You know, because I, I because I, as rookies we went thirteen and as rookies they went thirteen and three. Look, okay, our defense is better okay, now. Okay, 
Okay, seriously. We'll have V just, for all the just games Just do the math. Let's We've do the math. We still had a winning season last year. I'm sorry. Let's do the math. Let's and do now the we'll math. have Zeke for all games. 3,300 yards. Even if you get 3,300 yards out of Dak Prescott, right? And then you tack on 1,800 yards in the most incredible running back season. So that's 5,000 that yards that we're at. Yeah, yeah. That's 5,000. Right. That's what Drew Brees has gotten most of his career for the last, like, eight years. How did the Saints plus, finish with plus, those years, though? Then you can get another, like, 6,000. You, you can get up to 6,000 how, how, or how 7,000 yards when you attack on the running How many of those years, though, did the Saints make it to the playoffs? Because let's be honest, the reason he threw for 5,100 yards is because y'all were behind in games. He had to do it to make the team Which win. Which team was one of the last uh, Super Bowl? No, we didn't. He the best, the greatest season. I agree with you that we had shitty defense. Y'all's best season was last the, year, where he didn't have to throw that much. No, that's crazy. Twenty eleven was the our greatest best year. Was, okay, no, Touche. Yeah, yeah. twenty eleven, the Super Bowl year. No, that wasn't but the Super Bowl year. Or two thousand nine. Twenty eleven was the greatest offense that's ever been played. Two thousand nine was when we won the Super Bowl. That was the greatest. Yeah, twenty eleven was the greatest offense the NFL's ever seen period okay well and now we're about to have the best defense nfl's ever seen uh, boom i don't know about you that don't you heard it here first your best defense doesn't come from your secondary it comes from the d-line well i know we'll see about that I front agree. seven front we'll seven. see about that we uh we 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 did lose one of our guys oka four and that's that's a shame that's one of the few things that great really secondary like though can't knock it but like no, I, th- I mean it's we're, the front seven to me that we're, really we're still takes improved all across the board on on defense because that's been the focus the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, now what we should really defense. talk about is how I think the Eagles are going to take a backswing down. But here's here's my thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to keep harping on it. Okay. When you do the math, I just don't see it. Okay. I need to see more from Dallas, and I think that they made a mistake by getting rid of a guy like Des Bryant. But actually, maybe not. Because I, listen, listen. But but I only say this by saying this that like it's not a plus to get rid of a gigantic wide receiver as talented as, as him, even if he's quote unquote lost a step. He's a giant. He's like six foot yeah, fucking four, six six, and he catches can everything. Can run that vertical route, right? And you know but that guess this, what? this can't quarterback throw. can't get the ball to him. Dak cannot throw right. the vertical route. Right. That's what I was saying before. Randy Moss in his prime right. would be useless yeah. on your Cowboys team because Randy Moss knew one route. And vertical. this, this, well, and that's the thing. Which and, this was and they just let go. The other day. They just let go of a deep threat for the worst reason that you can. They let go of a quarterback because your quarterback can't, can't get it. the ball to him. Are you fucking kidding me? And that sucks. Your man. quarterback can't throw a deep ball. It's rough, dude. But but I don't you know. What? We'll see how it goes this season. It's about to start. We got your three defense weeks. is going to have to be really good. Oh, That's, our our D line looks insane, and our our front seven's looking very fucking. Your defense is going to have to be right really now. good. That's all I got to say. We got Jalen Smith back at full strength. Your defense is going to have to be monster for that team to be good. You know that's Demarcus so Lawrence, Randy Gregory's back. Okay, you got a pretty weak division. I think. The Eagles just won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Weak. Weak division. We finished 9-7 and seven last year with four of our best players missing, like... Definitely weak division. A lot of games. 
Who's good in that division? Well, I don't know if the... Look, I, the look, in the past two years, no the team Saints, has won more than the Cowboys the other is, than the Steelers the and the Patriots. So y'all should be on alert. Like, we're, Saints, we're coming back hard this the year. The Saints has been... Their division has been the best division in football the last two years, and it's respected to be this, the best uh, division. This I don't know. I don't... I, I, oh, Joel, I'm going to differ I mean, with Tampa you on Bay that. Tampa Bay is not going to win. Look, look, games. Philly is good. Dallas is a question Philly's mark. Eh. The Giants, you never know what's going to happen with a team that got a new coach. That 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 fucking weeble wobble that they had up there as the head coach, who was Mac-a-doodle. a moron, Macadoodle Doo, was uh, was the worst coach that the Giants have ever hired. It, they made a very sound decision by firing him after one year, and I usually don't say that. No, well, but, then but he one was, year, a was a year, and then a half, and then he fed Eli, and then they fired him. You just you just don't sit your. Two time quarterback who hasn't set a game since his rookie fucking year. I mean, he's won two Super Bowls for you, and you're like sitting down like a guy who's a future Hall of Famer. It just doesn't happen. You can't no, do that. Weird. That was weird. You can't do that. And uh, yeah, but he's like the Joe Montana of fucking Hall of Famers. He, uh, what? Eli what does Manny, that mean? Eli Manning sucks. His stats, his career stats are terrible. Are you saying like Joe, Montana. Joe Montana was no good? He beat the Pats twice. Joe Montana, look at his stats. He was not that good. Dude, that's he only... He barely <laughs> completed 50% of his passes for his whole career. <laughs> oh he had more picks than, inter- than touchdowns. Dude was garbage. Oh, man. He won garbage. one Super Bowl. John, who? What, Joe Montana? Oh, oh, shit. No, oh, I'm talking about Joe man. Namath. Oh. Name it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Christ. I've been drinking a minute. I meant name it. Everyone, Everyone. recount that as name it. Joe, <laughs> name it. I am a man of the flower, a man of the herb. Yes, indeed. Oh, it's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something about this podcast right here. There's been some stuff floating around the internet about what makes a podcast good and what makes it uh, not good or successful or whatever the case may be. I can tell you this. We are right on track with the most successful podcasts out there because when we do references, we, we don't know if they're right. <laughs> Or not. And Joel, in the middle of talking about said references, Joel is like, I'm just done with broadcasting and I'm going to go to the bathroom. So that's the way we do it on itsagoodlifebabe.com. Shout out to Amsterdam Phil out there if you're listening right now. And look, I let's talk about the Saints again, okay? Because I just think that it's an all around. What you want in the NFL is to not have these questions about abilities. And I, I agree with you. When, when you talk about a guy like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, I think he's going to come at you, all right? But, but I do, I'm, I'm concerned because 533 carries is an awful lot. And that is the Jerry Jones downfall. He also, he also makes, missed six games last year. So that's a good bit of rest. On I, I know, but I just want to Actually, say... Actually, seven, because he I didn't know, play the But as soon as he one. came back, they started. They just started pounding him They only again. played him one game when and, he came back. No, he played six games last year. What are you talking about? He played yeah, ten games. No, that games. was... He, he started the season. He played ten he, games last year. He played nine, actually. He played the first... Uh, I looked at the stats the other day, man. He played ten He didn't play games. the finale. And he was only back for the last two. No, he played ten because games. his suspension came later in the season. He came around he November. He had nine hundred and something yards. Last yeah, year. no, he did in ten games. Yeah, uh, nine actually. 
Oh, well, all he right, averaged nine, ninety. Ten, he averaged whatever, ninety-eight yards whatever, a game or ninety-six. Yeah. I'm just saying this. He's a good. He's a he's a good running back with the ball he in his hands. He can change a team. He might he might be borderline great. I wouldn't I wouldn't hedge my bets on a single running back system. That's me. I just don't think that that's the way to go in the NFL. I think that what you need to be mindful of is the cliff and that people fall off no, it and really, I get that. really quickly. And and you don't want your best one of your best players to get injured. And the way that you mitigate that is by sharing the load with other people and i think that that philosophy has worked for the saints and been and been really good um we've had other problems including the being dogged out by the nfl because of the defense well, we have rod smith right thing. now who started for him last year when he was out for the sixth game okay so you have somebody he's actually but, done very well well that's cool but but at the same time does that mean that the coaching staff well is no I'm, stop? I'm saying on the flip side of that the year before we had Zeke and DeMarco Murray left to go to the Eagles after he was the leading rusher and offensive player of the year with the Cowboys. Right, right. Uh, run DMC, Darren McFadden. He had over 1,000 yards rushing in that. 10 games. I know that. 12 games. I know that. I know that. That's the thing. We can run whoever. Now, Zeke changes everything, though, because Zeke opens up the whole field. Look, all I'm saying is this, is that you have to be concerned about durability and they're running him too much. And we don't... We don't I think with him miss, not playing in seven games anymore. last year, he's fine for this year. I'm not saying that he's And it not. wasn't like he missed him for injury. He missed him for other reasons. I know, but if you're just rushing him and rushing him and rushing him, I'm going to But we're not going to just rush him and rush gonna, him and rush him or yeah, else yeah, everyone's okay. just going to crowd the box with, you know, an eight and nine man in the box. But that's what y'all are going to do. I know that because because of Dak's limitations and because no, of Jerry Jones. No, we're going to run it a lot more than other teams, but that's because when you Jerry give the Jones. ball to Zeke... This is a New Orleans it, podcast real quick. I just want to say it real quick. Yeah. The New Orleans Saints, I'm going to predict right now, Super have, the, have the best offensive line in football no. and the best secondary in football. And that's it. And we're going to win the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, quietly, the yeah, I mean, I think the Saints put the rubber to the road on the offensive line thing last year totally. uh, with Kamara. And, well, and in the last couple of years, 15, 17, in I mean, terms of drafting. And in terms of trades, I mean, I quiet, in terms quietly, of free agency quietly, quietly, we had still we, think the Cowboys. We had a guy who became a superstar line. by having like really not a thousand yards, and Ingram had his best year ever. Totally right behind that offensive line, yeah. and that's no, because, we had the best offensive line in the league because Ramchek. And, and, and you also have a huge deep threat with Drew Brees, so that changes Ram, Ramchek may be the best. Easier. Ramchek may be the best right guard going in the NFL. Right? And they're all interchangeable. It's all well, great. No, Look, right, right, right the Saints are great. Right, Look, right tackle. Sundays are going to be fun here. It's goodlifebabe.com because the Saints are going to be good this year. They're they're, they're very the balanced. They were good last year. No they're very very. I think they'll all be good this year. They're very bad. You team. know what I would love is an NFC championship between us guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask them. I mean, I, I could see Dallas, like, making a run to get to the playoffs, but I just don't think that they got what it takes. You know, like, you, you need a, a super-duper quarterback who can get in there and really fucking, like, mix things up, like, big time. Sling. Well, we do have um, that guy who can also take off on the run at any time at quarterback. I know, but you, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but last year he was very much conscientiously trying to stay in the pocket because they're trying to get him to be that guy. Then why and, did he rush for 
eight touchdowns. Well, because he, they were close to the end zone, and he, ran, and he ran for that. But I mean, I'm saying that he's not. That's not. He's not running, rushing for as many yards as he did in his rookie season. I mean, that our, was a very our, obvious our, contrast. The Saints' backup quarterback is better than Dak Prescott in terms of throwing and running. No. I don't. I don't know about that. I do. <laughs> he would definitely be starting somewhere. Are you talking about Tom Savage? No. He would definitely be starting somewhere. Oh, that guy, the Mormon. Dude. Oh, T- Taysom Hill. The Mormon. Oh, man, he he, run, no he runs no forty yards a clip. He is very fast. He runs forty yards a clip. If he was better than Dak, he'd be starting for a team. Let me ask you something. Why does a city council person in the New Orleans political sphere stop being a city council person? Oh, we're talking about Jared Brissett now. Yeah. I'd, um, I, that's a good question. Why do you Joel? run for clerk? Uh, because it's some kind of step toward uh, political power and some you other think? fear. I know that. I know that. Like in what sense? I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to. I don't know why it. going from city council to clerk of court is seen as a lateral move. I think it's this. I think that Brissett was. Because the guy he's trying to replace has been no, not that, opposed look, for 10 that, elections or something. This seat so it's that seat you ran for was was held by Cynthia Hedge Morrell before Jared Brossett. Right. And she ran for uh, councilwoman at large, which she was. She ran again, right? Brissett had the seat, and then she lost to... Jackie Clarkson, oddly enough. Right. Or Jackie Clarkson Jackie. or Stacy Head. I'm I'm not sure. Anyway. But at the at large. There yeah. was some some uh, I could be wrong about all this, but I'm telling you, there's something about this that, that's exactly true. She had that seat before him. And he was installed into that seat by that family. They they see themselves as the heirs apparent and the proper people to have that uh that seat and uh, Brissett I think was asked to step aside asked to step aside from his current city council I think I think from from the Morrell family to let that other dude come in the son who's coming in yeah the Morrell son that's right that's right yeah man it's fucked up folks I know that's that's what happens. Politics is fucked up. It's a family thing. It's a it's totally a family thing, and they want to they want to put in this morale. I mean, uh, and and he, and Brissett Brissett doesn't have the family name, and I think that they were concerned. I don't know what the concerns were, but they they're like you can run for clerk of court, and I don't know what. And the, you know they have. I don't shit know on, what you that know gets they have you. Shit on them. The fuck does a clerk of court? Of course Look, they have. Sh- when I when I ran against this dude, I mean, come I on, saw man. him in come the on. SUV with come the prostitutes. On. I mean, I just did. I saw it. You know, picture through it didn't. But nobody, happen. nobody, nobody's care. Nobody cares about that shit. No one cares about. It. Nobody cares that fucking somebody in what I want to say bus to the with dude, prostitutes in New Orleans here's the thing that nobody I want to look that's why you come I, to New Orleans nobody tell, gives a shit about I'm gonna that tell you something. I was that little, is not a mark against I was a little frustrated by, I was a little yeah, frustrated yeah. by I didn't I didn't run the most aggressive campaign um, because I have fucking skeletons in my own closet I didn't want this dude coming after me you know on any fucking level right Charlie but, you didn't have any money but Jeff Adelman like the guy who writes 
for the advocate. Like wrote something just the other day about about Brossett putting his hat in the ring for this other thing. What did he say? He said he just it just got me it just rubbed me wrong because he said Brossett who easily won the last election. Well, he did easily win. He did because I only have fifteen percent. I get it, but those guys never took me seriously. And here's the thing about a reporter, though. If I, Jeff, if you're listening, not you, Jeff Deville, but Jeff Adelman, if any like reporter is out there, it's not my job to look at the campaign campaign finances of who are people who are running for public office. It's your job to look at it. So look at it, because that now dude, that I agree with that dude raised Absolutely. over three hundred thousand dollars more than any mayoral candidate except for one and all of his money came outside of the district and most of it came from strip clubs and garbage waste management facilities and roofing construction all right can we just say it's mafia money someone sucking this dude's dick so that's what who are you sucking theirs and I'm just saying, like, do your fucking job and report on this shit. Shouldn't be up to me. No, I uh, couldn't agree more with that. Uh, the failures of media to get into how it is that po- po- politics actually work and what why it is we have this kind of uh, uh, filter mechanism that filters out the most meaningful things is only really explained by the desire for reporters to have access. Which I think is one of the most overblown things that anybody... Like, as if you can't report on politics without talking to the politician. You can. This false equivalency thing and all that stuff. But you don't have to talk to the politician to know. You can talk to all the other people that are trying to get shit done. You know? And then a lot of it's public information. Just no, it's all public information. Those numbers that I just those numbers that I decided was public information that was sent to me by oh. someone who supported me in my campaign and just said, Hey, you should look at these numbers. I, I wanna say this, um, if if I can, that that is a semi correct what you're saying. Because the city and city officials in this town will fight you tooth and nail on a Freedom of Information Act or a public records request. Oh, well, just tell them to eat your dick. With, Well, eat your dick doesn't work in the adult world all the time. You have to take people to court in oh, order to, to force them to eat your dick. To, no, you have to force them sure. to eat your dick. You have to force them. Spencer. Force dick them. So, uh, we were force, talking about consensuality force, in this episode. But look, man, I just want to say, like, I, I want to say fuck off to Tad Mondale. Tad, because oh, why? Why he, he approached, I'm high. I don't say that. On the flower. No. Yeah. And he approached me and you on July 4th on the Bayou St. John. And he made fun of me for only getting 15% of the vote. Oh. To my face. He's like, oh, nice try, dude. You got 15%. I was like, I was proud of 15% of the vote, you know? And what I'm really proud of, and fuck off, Tad Mondell. Our objective, and I say our, like between me and Jeff DeVille, was to be so progressive to hope that people running against me and in the city council would adopt some of the things that we were putting forth. Well, I mean, And we had a don't drive to jail thing. 
Yeah, that's we had right. A don't drive to jail. <clears throat> and guess yeah. what? I know Spencer hates this talk, <laughs> but but Jared Brossett, who beat me, soundly passed and authored a don't drive to jail bill. And the dude never talked about don't drive to jail until he talked to me. You know what I'm saying? No. I know. So what you did, what you're saying is... is uh, you may change. If I, can, if I can extrapolate a little bit, it's this. You may change. Because you ran, a, you ran an issues campaign, right. which is what the Bernie Sanders campaign was. Right. And you got it done, and results happened, which is what an issues campaign is about. It's what you're about. To my friends on the left, who are way on the left, which there aren't any real way on the left people in the United States, because you're not more left than me, I can tell you that. <laughs> you, you had a guy who accomplished that, and Joel accomplished that on the municipal level, and we got a couple of things done, maybe, maybe just by influence, by putting it on the table, and those things happen as well, but you guys aren't satisfied with that, I know. You're ready to burn the whole thing down. Yeah, dude, we're beyond. I'm super satisfied with it, man. To the left, to Jeff, the left. Not talking you, about you, man. You, you guys were, are so high, you, Jeff. You were at Unbelievable. the. You didn't even understand I'm what very, I just no, said. No, I did. You were at the. Everything you own in you a were, to the left. You were at the public affair, the last one that I did, and Jason, what's his name, was there. It was like every district, district and at large person was there. Let me tell you something about how. And to, that was. We we fucking broke it down, man. I'm gonna tell you I how you I'm super hot. I know. Listen, Joel. We're, we I know where you're going down. with this. I know where you're going with this. The way that you can influence politics on a local level, which is many times more important than state and federal. <laughs> the way that you can influence is by just going to these things and running. If you go and run, and you're the fop, okay? Right. The fox. Where, meaning that you're the you're the person it's that everybody knows. Fox. If you know that you're going to lose and you raise an issue that everyone... Pick that up, please. All right, we're done here. I'm wrapping this up. Man. I'm wrapping No, we're this good. Up. Come on. If you, if you go to that and, and you say things that people are afraid to say, they'll start talking about them. That's what I learned in that forum, and it was really eye-opening. I have yeah. to say, because everyone followed your lead after that. You brought up about three to four different things, and you did it stridently, and you could tell that there was just a door that people were waiting to kick open. And I'll, and I'll just say this, dude, that it came in the image of you, image of a, made, made it okay for everyone. Like a... <laughs> That's what made it okay. You kicked the door open. That was palatable. And then suddenly, like, suddenly, Jason Williams is talking about it. Exactly. Jason Williams did come up to me. Jason Williams after that last has debate. been doubling down on, on fucking on. Jason Williams is going to be the Jason next, Williams is going to be the next, next mayor, mayor of, the city. of New Orleans. And he might be man. a president and at some point. And he did come up to me. After Jason that. Williams is going to be the next mayor. After of New that Orleans. debate, he, Jason yes. Williams said, dude, this discourse is really good. Well, and why is he saying that? He's saying that because he's like, you opened the... There was no backlash about what you were saying. Right. In fact, what he saw was that people were responding positively 
the things that you were saying. Criminal justice which, reform. So, so my point is that somebody has to no get out of there. No jail for marijuana. Right. No and going don't to jail for speeding. And for driving. Right. right. And so No cameras. Somebody has no to cameras. put it out. No cameras. Somebody has to put it out there as the litmus test. You know? Right. And you did that. And then people were like, we like that. Remember when you were at the other forum, Joel? And they clapped right. when you said that prisoners should, should be, be able, to, able vote. to vote. Should be able to vote. Nobody, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, to be honest with you. I was you. like, not only should they not be able to vote when they get out of prison, they should be able to vote when they're in prison. And the entire place erupted Clapped. in applause. And someone's adopting that policy now. I, I know. know. I mean, it's been talked about, you know, but my point is that you can run an issues-driven campaign knowing that you're going to lose, and you can table some agenda That's items. That's the thing. You can just get kind them. of say what you want to say and see how people will actually react to it. And that little, is essentially I, it. I, I feel That's what Jeff is saying. That's basically I, it. When I ran for office, I felt like I was more about a, I was a perception person, not a policy person. But I'm feeling a little bit more policy-heavy. And I'm thinking I might run. On policy? I think I might run in general. Perhaps. Like to where? Well, I mean, if you do it now, you got to raise a lot. You got to raise. I got to do get, it real. I got to do it real. You got to do it real, man. Because last time I didn't. And you know what shit. you got to do? Look, let me just. I'll give him. I'll give you some advice that comes from Ocasio Cortez, man, who I think is the most overblown politician in America right now. Right? Yeah. She won a primary. She hasn't even won the election yet. And, you know. The entire leftist part of the Democratic wing is uh, masturbating themselves over daily. Here's the thing. She made a really salient point. Not talking about the upset Bernie bros who didn't vote. Not talking about the Bernie or Trump people in the world. What she went after, very specifically, was the large block of 30% to 35% of people even more, depending on what district, who just never vote. That's right. Right? And this she neighborhood didn't concern is herself. Full of them, Jeff. She didn't concern herself with That's right. whether you're a Bernie bro or this or that, all this shit that we've been hung up on. She said, Where's the biggest block of people? It's just these non voters. Jeff. And she went after them. Think about this That's, neighborhood that we live in. That is where her grassroots campaign worked. That's right. And and when she was on Pod Save America, I listened to that and I was like that is a strategic gem that people should take to heart. It's going after it's, the disenfranchised. Just go after people who haven't voted in a while for whatever reason and enthuse them with the idea, get them to be enthused about the idea of voting for you and get them out the door. Yeah. That's what she did. And what she wound up doing is getting like the largest number in that district of, of non-voters who hadn't voted in like however many elections to turn out. Yeah. And science, that Jeff. and that that shit had been off the table for it's a political demo. science. That's, no, I feel like I it is political that. science. That actually is. is exactly what that is. Look, I got I got prominent people to me in the last cycle in terms of like Mardi Gras Indian chiefs and people of I don't know, neighborhood leaders, civil rights activists. Um, but it is about just going door to door. And I think that it would be a pretty funny narrative for a white guy in the blackest blackest district <laughs> to run and try Excuse and put me. up a fight, you know? Well, of look. course, I'm going to be going up against a guy that the system wants in, you know, a morale or whatever. Big time. You know, or also and, maybe against your new friend. 
and who said he was probably going to run too? Sure. Um, wait, who's that? The neighbor? No, you tell me. You're, you're, he helped oh, out. With the oh, yeah, your boy. Yeah, I, I. If he doesn't come around on gay issues, I'm not going to support this guy. Right. Again, folks, I'm like stoned on marijuana, so this is like the, the true. Joel That's going to help your campaign. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I can't support someone who's not down with all human rights. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, that makes that makes sense. You know, I. But from a strategic standpoint, I think the best thing for a candidate like you to do is to engage the largest number of volunteers that you can get. Ah. Right, in order to get as much free help as you can, I hate to say it like that, but that's the truth. Sure. So that you can, so that it's not just you canvassing the neighborhoods by yourself. Sure. But you have other people that are canvassing the neighborhoods as well, and to focus on the same kinds of things that Ocasio Cortez did, which, because your kinds of policies that you're talking about are very much in line with that kind of thinking totally. and that kind of rhetoric. It seems to be something that she she proved very clearly in an urban landscape will totally. get people to get out of their chairs and go, and go and vote. And these are not people who are like sitting who are beardos, you know, with tattoos who used totally. to play in punk bands, white disaffected totally. no, white males no. who are fucking pissed you know off about Bernie Sanders. You know what, man? When I did, these are the, just voters. Jeff, when I had the opportunity to walk around the neighborhood, and I didn't, you know, I had a fucking issue with my foot and I was in a cast and blah 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 so I couldn't do the door to door that I wanted but when I had that opportunity it was like the African American women in their like 50s and 60s who were my voters you know what I mean that's like, what I'm talking they about they were the folks who were digging my message well what 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 Ocasio Cortez pointed out that's very true and very real is that if you put together, and it comes right out of the Obama playbook, by the way, um, which I don't know why that got abandoned after. That's really the big story, is the dismantling of the Obama Yeah, why machine. do you abandon that? Why would you abandon that? Right. And, the, and what we're seeing is that all, all really Ocasio-Cortez did was take a play out of the Obama handbook coming out of Chicago and how he got it done. Yeah. And, and that is through neighborhood organizing and talking about issues that people care about in in these neighborhoods and getting people who formerly who are who who feel uh who feel disenfranchised by the system and who are cynical about voting and its effects to turn out in percentage numbers that in prior elections just hadn't turned out and it's about giving them yes. a re enthusiasm and a reason to go and vote. And if you can and do, that's it. And if you, can if do you that, talk about the right issues, right. that'll and happen. The, and if you can do that at a super uh, local level, that's going to affect, you know, your Senate races and your Congress races. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and look, I mean, uh, to Tad, I would just say this: that that uh, you know, for somebody who's never run in a political race himself. You know, I would challenge anybody to like come into this kind of landscape that you're in right now, being who you are and running in in a race against somebody who is an establishment 
uh, a professional establishment politician who raised three hundred thousand dollars, and you raised literally the least <laughs> amount of money of any candidate that was running in all races combined, and you peeled off fifteen percent of the vote from a guy who was an incumbent candidate, which is way more than uh, the pedophile mayoral candidate who spent uh, <laughs> like uh, $800,000 on his and, campaign. If, and if I had to do it over again, I would do it differently. Uh, I mean, I, I, I uh, and I will. If I do it again, I'll do it differently, you know? And that is, I feel a little bit more uh, firmly about uh, my policy thoughts, and I feel a little bit more confidently about my ability to talk to people about being their city council person. I just, you know, I, re- I really think I could do it this time. But you got to get out there and we got to, it's got to be done up big. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you got to be at everything, every, oh, that's, yeah. every event, stumping yeah. out there. Bam, stump. bam, bam. That's a fun thing. Hit like it, that man. 1920s yeah. stump thing. Yeah. We just stump the fuck out. You just got to stump the fuck out. Get a with a broom. Right. And, that, right. and that's like our. Little fucking thing. It stomped the fuck out of it. That's and we got to get, we got to get fucking, we, you got to get volunteers, man. That's yeah. the main thing. No, the volunteers is big. The volunteers is the huge thing. And we got to be pro weed. And don't forget November 6th, election but, day midterms, for midterms. Baby. Midterms, baby. Let's turn this Go and vote on November 6th. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll be more specific. Go and vote Democrat. Okay. Up and down the ballot. If you up and down the ballot, judges. If you are DAs, if you vote prosecutors. You vote how you feel. No, no, no. Don't, don't vote. I don't care. Vote D's. Yeah, vote Along for Democrat. The fucking if ballot. You're, if you're a Republican, stay home. Stay, stay home. home, bitch. Get disappointed. Watch Fox News. Get disin dis feel disenfranchised. Make your face make melt yourself right into from a victim. the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Keep keep believing that you're a victim, and and believe that the brownification of America is happening, and there's nothing that you can do about it, and all you can do is sulk, and that you're completely powerless. That's what I want out of you. Don't go vote if you're a Republican. I want you to sulk, and I want your face to melt. And and if you're a Democrat, don't stay at home at all. Particularly you Bernie Bros out there, whoever it is, warts and all. You got to go and vote for them, or else you're helping the fascists. Vote down the ticket, dude. All up and down. And fuck the fascists. All up and down. Let's get rid of this. Know your candidates, folks. I am pro Antifa. I'm Joel Jackson. I'm running for fucking city council. I'm pro Antifa. There you go. Oh, it's a goodlifebabe.com, folks. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. On that note, we're going to go out. Yo. Yeah, you right? <laughs>